You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, And follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, LOH. And also follow our guest today. Not really a guest, though. He's the kind of friend that just invites himself over whenever he wants to. He just kind of walks into the house. It doesn't really matter. He's going to go to the fridge immediately. He's welcome here. It's the OG Walker, David Walker. You can find him on Twitter at David B. Walker, right? I'm I'm attempting that at the top of the dome. Is that right though, David? That's it. That's it. Oh, That's the best introduction I've ever gotten, by the way. Thanks to Doug. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true, man. You're welcome anytime, but it's like you know it, right? Like you're just going to walk in and the food in our refrigerator is yours. The beer in our refrigerator is yours as well. And we're happy oh, to have so you here. Walker can speak for himself on that. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to let go of my beer. Oh, I'm Doug Branson. It's my beer. Um, do you I'm guys, do you, t- by the way, this is a good, this is a good time to bring this up. Do you guys subscribe to the theory that if you go to a party, you leave the stuff that you came with or do you, yeah. do you take it? Yeah. Oh, it depends on the party. It. So boom, that's if, I'm, if, I'm with you. It depends on the party. I'm a taker. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's, so if it's this huge gathering where there's a, there's a ton of people, it's a cookout where I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how many people there has to be in order to cross the line. But if it's somebody that's like, you're kind of invited for through a friend of a friend or something like that, I'm taking that stuff back. But Doug, here's an example. When I went to your place that one time, I left the beer there, man. I was like, yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate the hospitality. It was only about 10 people or so. And I left it in your fridge. So this actually directly applies to you. My example. Doug. Well, I listen, as much as I appreciate the Milwaukee's best, um, I did dispose of that <laughs> after you left. Yeah, that's my beer of choice. You guessed it. Bullseye. I want to talk about these player interviews. They were awesome. Um, I, I really, I didn't expect to learn a whole lot. I expected to hear a whole bunch of, we're really disappointed. We didn't get to go to Orlando. We took it one day at a time. We really got better. Our goals for next year are just to continue to improve. We're really building something special, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that's what we got. I think we got some real insightful stuff. And I want to start the bidding with the best interview with Terry Rozier. And there were a couple ones that maybe you could even push with your hand, but I'm going to go in with Terry Rozier, who I want to talk about first. I feel like when we heard from Terry yesterday, guys, that he sounded like a veteran who is 25 years old. He's not even all that old of a guy on this team, but just when you hear everybody else who is so young, this is a roster filled with so much youth, rookies, second year players, second round picks that are actually getting real run. Terry seems like the leader. And also he was pretty candid in some of the feelings that he had this season. For instance, we talked about the transition from Terry Rozier coming in as the guy who would quote unquote replace Kimbo. You can never really do it, but he was literally replacing him at the point guard spot was going to be a guy. I think a lot of people pegged as the leading scorer did a lot of that, but then pretty quickly because of Devonte Graham's explosion at the beginning of the season had to move off ball. And we discussed how that might be a tough transition for him and how mentally that might mess with him a little bit, but that was all kind of speculation on our part. The only visible frustration I think we saw was when James Borrego was trying to talk to him on his way to the bench. I think that might've been the Pacers game. And then he just didn't have any time for what Borrego was saying. And he just went to the bench. I think that's the only visible frustration we ever saw from him. But clearly in this exit interview, Terry talked about how hard it was for him to transition from the guy that was supposed to be the leader, the point guard, it was going to be his team taking on that type of role 
to going off ball, and it really messed with him. Terry Rozier would say that he needed the all-star break, not just for physical rest, but more mental rest. He needed time uh, to kind of internally reflect on what he needed to do to get better instead of just putting in the practice during practice time, actually going in before practice, putting in the work and afterwards. Guys, what did you think of Terry Rozier's exit interview yesterday? Doug, we'll start with you. Well, I think it sounds like exactly what we thought was going on and just had no confirmation of during the season that Terry Rozier was somebody that had to make a significant adjustment. And there were expectations that I think the team fairly uh, offered him because the team was surprised. I mean, we heard it from Kupchak and Borrego. The team was surprised uh, how fast Devontae became the Devontae Graham that we now know. And so expectations had to suddenly change and it took Terry Rozier a while uh, to put things uh, back into his routine, as you said. And, and I'm taking a look at these post-All-Star break numbers. If you just look at those final five games in, in March, he was shooting 48% from the field, 51% from three, uh, including that double overtime loss uh, to Atlanta where he was eight of 13 from three. He was getting to the line, uh, 3.2 rebounds, 4.2 assists per game, and then averaging 23. And and that was with Devontae also averaging 20-plus points during that stretch. So they really learned how to play with each other. And I think at one point during the interview, Terry Rozier said, like, I need I need Devontae Graham. Like, I mean, there, there was a recognition by Terry Rozier that that guy makes me better. And, and I was just impressed with his honesty and his maturity uh, in that whole interview. Yeah, and Walker, you hit on the leadership portion of some of his comments because they asked, I guess they asked every player about the last dance and Michael Jordan because I believe Devontae mentioned that they all had a Zoom call with him and uh, you know MJ gave them some pointers and some ways to critique their teammates that maybe he used. And <laughs> you know Terry Rozier mentioned that in this uh, exit interview just saying, you got to know how to talk to guys and yeah. you got to know which guys can take that and which guys can't you know, who you can talk to out on the floor versus who you can talk to behind closed doors. And in a leader, I think that's that's really important. And uh, especially on a team like this, where it is a bunch of young guys, people are trying to na- make a name for themselves. Certainly, you could argue he had the most to prove of any Hornet on this team. He's coming in, uh, taking the place of Kimball Walker. He knows that. You know, he knows what Kimba meant to this team. But at the same time, he was chomping at the bit, champing at the bit. Chomping, chomping I like. Bit. I think chomping is right. Okay. I don't chomping um, at the bit. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I, I think that's way further down the road, David. This is a team I don't know if it's going to make. Yeah, the they're nowhere close to champing at anything right now. <laughs> well, he was ready to move into that role coming off those Boston years. So for him to acknowledge that, I think, is important for this team moving forward. And I think it's one of the sad things about what's going on right now. Just the disappointment, should I say, and the, the fact that this team didn't get to finish out the rest of the year. To uh, piggyback on the numbers you you mentioned, Doug, after the post all after the All Star break and kind of towards the end of the season, they seem to be building towards something. And he and Devontae, especially, and we've talked about that before. Just they were building on, you know, who knows what may come next for them. So I think that's one of the things they definitely miss out on. But if you're looking forward to next year, these guys are all going to be ready to go. And Terry certainly seems like the type of guy that um, is willing to you know, lead, but also um, 
sit back and, 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 and take things as they come and be a team player. So I think that's what came across to me in this interview, as well as the fact that they asked him pointedly about, you know, some of the last dance stuff, how MJ critiqued his teammates. And he said he would have just gone Steve Kerr on MJ. Yeah. He just would have punched him right in the face. Well, it, quite frankly, Terry Rozier was more insightful on leadership than Michael Jordan was. I mean, Michael Jordan yeah. operates at one level where I will clown you. I will make and he can, uh, right? Yeah. yeah, sure. Michael Jordan has earned that to some degree. It's still, I mean, I don't know how much you can tell some other players that decided they weren't going to put up with it anymore, how much he's earned it. But Terry Rozier, if I'm looking for the better insight, I'm going to Terry Rozier on leadership before I'm going to Michael Jordan because Terry's saying you got to know how to talk to guys. Some guys will take it. Some guys won't. And if you're Michael, you can get away with it because you're the best basketball player in the world. But Terry Rozier's not, and he has to know how to lead by really getting to know these players. And, and I, I thought that was incredibly insightful from him. You know, let, let's play some different scenarios out with the way that Terry talked about the all-star break and how important that was to him mentally resetting and then coming back in the second half of the season where w- what kind of alternate universe does it look like for the Hornets if Terry Rozier just comes out guns a-blazing, actually playing like he was the second half of the year the entire time? With, of course, some different fluctuations, as you see from everybody throughout the course of a basketball season. But if he was more consistent that first half, uh, do we ever see him relent the point guard spot? Or was Devontae Graham just always going to take that the way that he played the first half of the season? Does Devontae, it, it, does Devontae improve as much if Terry isn't as... Um, sacrificial of his time, you know, like I, what, what kind of scenarios mm-hmm. do you think are interesting to, uh, to see play out if we had some different alternate universes to look at? Yeah. I tend to think that Devante still would have shown what he had, but I don't know if Terry's playing like that to start the season, does he get the chances? Um, does he get the same opportunities to your point? Uh, I tend to think this team is not quite at a place where they're overloaded with talent across the board. So Devante still would have gotten his looks, but I don't know that it's built upon so fast. I don't know that he gets the confidence that he did, especially early on. And then when that rounded back into form with both of them playing the way they were at the end of the year, I don't know if that happens either. So, I mean, you know, maybe you look at it that way and it was a blessing for him to come in and quote unquote struggle a little bit, but you never saw that frustration to your point. Like, cause there was from the outside, people are laughing at that contract guys. And it's still like, look, not the best contract in the world, but if you look back at his stats, like 18 and four, I think for the season, you're taking that with that contract, especially when you're following up with Kimball Walker. So, you know, things worked out the way they did. Um, and yet you're right, Walker, if they had gone the other way, if he had been going off from the very beginning, we may not have seen that uh, progression from Devonte Graham, certainly not as early. Yeah, and I think we have to understand a couple of things that Devontae Graham, you know, knocking down those big shots uh, in the clutch early in the season, those are, and and scoring the way he did that game against Brooklyn. I mean, those are the kind of things that really uh, gain respect in the locker room. You know, Devontae had to do that, not just for fans, but for his teammates as well. And I think Terry, you know, respects Devontae in in a way that had Terry just been given the keys and Devontae never had to come up. Terry wouldn't have that same viewpoint of Devontae Graham as a player that can actually make me better. That's number one. The second thing to understand is that Terry Rozier, his game changed. I mean, he's changed the way yeah. uh, that he, you, you know, how many times he attacks the basket, the way he attacks the basket. We saw that in real time 
this season. He was doing some of the things that scared you when he came in, you know, some of the things that we had seen in Boston, uh, the way he would over dribble and turn the ball over. He was doing that thing early in the season. And you saw that as Devonte started to play better and better and facilitate, by the way, Devonte Graham is a great passer. He's facilitating to Terry Rozier as well. And you saw Terry embrace that and become a much more efficient basketball player by the time things wrapped up. Clearly Terry Rozier still has his faults. I thought his shot selection was still some, a little bit problematic, even though it got better throughout the course of the season. I don't think his defense was great. Uh, and I don't know if I would call him the best player for the team this year, even with Devonte Graham struggles, he still might've been it. What I'll say is regarding the contract that was largely regarded along with Ricky Rubio as the worst contract signed this offseason. That's not even close to the point to me anymore. Like when I sign a contract, when I see my team sign a contract, what I want that contract to become is a tradable contract where you earn your dollars worth. Can you get your return or even something more valuable if you were to send that away? And Terry Rozier's contract is something I think that you can trade with two years, 18 million a piece. It's a, it's a declining offer, by the way, it actually decreases in value. So the fact that you can trade that and in my opinion, actually get something of equal or more value back in return with that contract. That's all I ask for anytime somebody asks uh, or signs a deal. And I think you have that with Rozier's. Yeah. And, and I just want to get this one thing in before we head to the second segment, Rozier shooting a career best 40.7% from three this season. And after the all-star break, he was shooting 52.3% from three. That's, <laughs> that's a not bad. <laughs> it's crazy. That's valuable. And it goes to what you were saying, Walker, that suddenly Terry Rozier has uh, become an asset for this team, both on the court and maybe uh, in a prospective trade. You might say Terry became the built bars of the point guards in oh the boy. second half of the season. That's a pro right and there. what I will say is built bar is the best tasting bar. It wasn't some just regular old energy bar out here. He was the built bar. It's real chocolate, amazing flavors, kind of tastes like a candy bar. Maybe shouldn't have made that transition in hindsight. It has great texture. It has an amazing combination of low calorie, high protein and low sugar. No crazy additives. If you compare it to the most popular men's bar, it has half the calorie, seven times the fewer carbs, seven times the fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good for you and taste that good? You have to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. Again, the promo code is LOCKEDON. I don't care if you space it or you smush it together. It doesn't matter. Just use LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first box at www.BuiltBar.com. If Terry Rozier is the built bar, then Devontae Graham is the blinkest of the Charlotte Hornets because he is a secret weapon, uh, not so secret anymore. Uh, but my secret weapon for learning new things and getting ahead is Blinkist. It's a, an amazing app, most useful app on my phone. Let me tell you about it. Really unique. It works on your phone, your tablet, your web browser. Essentially, it takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self help, business, health, history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestseller list as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it for free for seven days, and 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. 
Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial, and you're also going to save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. This is Locked on Hornets. That is so Stu God's form that you were about to make fun of people for their opinions of people changing their body and then mid making fun of other people doing that. You said, I will say this, though, mm-hmm. the guy that I think his body changed. That's correct. Yeah, well, little, you're right. But little known fact about me, I have 2040 vision. So okay. um, that me I'm pretty sure. What, or is it 40, 20 vision? Whatever means that I have great like eagle eye vision. That's Eagle Eye Cherry, by the way. Great underrated band of the 90s. Save tonight. One of my favorite songs. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. I want to get to Dwayne Bacon and his exit interview because I think as far as answering the question, did we learn anything? I think we learned about Bacon's future. If you didn't already speculate on it, you probably were leaning this way, but I think we got some confirmation. I want to get to other exit interviews, but first, Doug is really chomping at the bit, you might say. To get champing. the champ, you can say champing at the bit here. He's got a Jordan point. I, I don't know if there's any other. Uh, Bill Russell would be the better example, but man, when it comes to champing at the bit, Doug has the perfect example on your Jordan point, Doug. Well, I started with having one point about it that I wanted to get to, and now I think it's grown into three. Uh, the first thing is that we always talk about the uniqueness of having Michael Jordan, one of the greatest, pl- if not the greatest player of all time, uh, as your owner, the uniqueness of that. And I don't think that we considered that players would have the added benefit of getting DVD commentary on one of the most interesting pieces of media that has ever been released. Uh, that's just a really interesting thing to have players go through. The, the second point is that I don't think Jordan took the same things away from that documentary that we all took away from it. Like, I just love the idea well, of that he watched he that it. documentary yeah. <laughs> and then went to all the players and was like, yeah, you see what I did? Mm. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's crazy to think because I think Terry said that uh, he didn't even realize they won three in a row. I, it goes to, that was crazy. And I mean, he's yeah. not, I mean, he, I think he, he might not be 26 yet. I think he's 25 and, and very well, maybe soon turning 26. But the fact that he didn't know he won three in a row, he's like, man, that's crazy. Twice. You got to be really good. <laughs> you got to be really good to do that in this league. Yeah. Michael's yeah. pretty good, man. You know, that's, uh, that's something he, he did. He, he's, I just, I just imagine him saying like, if, if you need some help riffing on another player, just let me know. I'll go full Scotty B on him and we can just bounce ideas off of one another. If you want to make fun of Cody Zeller, let me know. And we'll, we'll just, just go back and forth. We'll come We'll do a little improv riff. Uh, but seriously though, I think it's interesting that Jordan brings up that point with this team, a team. And I've said this for years that has not really had a vocal leader in the locker room. I think it was Devonte Graham that said, that Bismack Biombo is like the vocal leader of this particular team yeah, he was that. this past season. That's incredible that like yeah. Biz is the guy that is stepping up and telling and rallying the troops. And, and we went through a period of having Kimball Walker be the on court leader, but never really developed. And, and admittedly, so he would admit like, I'm not a, I'm not a guy that's going to rah, rah in the locker room. I do it on the court. I show what I can do. And they just haven't had that. And I think it's interesting that Jordan brings up that point on this team, especially after Kupchak and Borrego come out and say, yeah, we don't really have like that piece of talent on the roster that can take us to the promised land. Like uh, Jordan's telling this team, like, hey, make each other better because 
We, we, we don't have anyone else right now. Yeah. Michael Jordan is, is Shaquille O'Neal. When Shaquille O'Neal tells players in the post to just post up and score every time, except those guys aren't 330 pounds and can jump pretty high and have soft touch and are the most dominant players in the world. Like yet yeah, Terry Rogier, he doesn't have a 50 inch vertical and doesn't have the maniac hard wiring in his brain to compete at all costs, even amidst even a food poisoning game to go win championships. So Michael just can't read that from everybody else. Just do what I did and you'll win three in a row. Just like me. I want to get to Dwayne Bacon's exit interview. Damn it. This is something that's really interesting. We've tried to get there. And uh, I think we learned about his future when, when asked about his future, Dwayne Bacon said that quite frankly, he might be better suited playing for a different team. You know, that he was candid about that. Like, we hear that from players every once in a while. But when you're talking about just right off the rip, Bacon was like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of young. I haven't dealt with free agency before. But, you know, I, I probably am better suited going somewhere else. And he talked about some of the teams that showcased interest in him pre-pandemic. He expects to pick those conversations up again post-pandemic or whenever we get to any kind of semblance of normalcy. What did you make of, of Dwayne Bacon's... A pretty much prediction that he's going to go to a different team. And the fact that if it was his way, it pretty clearly seems like he would go to a different franchise if he, uh, and he will get to make that choice. Yeah. I mean, I think he's seeing what uh, a lot of people saw though. It's just Borrego's towards the end of that season was not going to use him and didn't seem like he was in the plans at all. And that, and you're, you're right. His comments seem to, uh, you know, bear that out. So it's interesting because he had so much success in Greensboro and he had early on success. You think back to opening night, he was really, I think he was a big factor in that game. But it just never clicked on this team, uh, no matter what coach was involved. And, you know, he's never gone through that free agency before, which is something he mentioned in that exit interview. So it's clear that he feels like, you know, he needs another shot. He needs a fresh start somewhere else. And maybe, you know, maybe that's the best thing for everyone involved. I think so. And let's be clear, he had his opportunity with the Charlotte mm -hmm. Hornets. I mean, mm -hmm. Borrego sure. gave him that opportunity. Sure. He was averaging 27 minutes uh, in October and then 18 minutes in November. He was shooting 32.8% in October and 31.9% in November. Couldn't score, was turning the basketball over a lot and wasn't giving you much else in terms of rebounding assists. Uh, did, did have a few steals, but not enough to really make a significant difference. But he had the opportunity... And, and that's what the NBA is. It's a series of a guy gets injured or you get an opportunity with a young team and you have to make the most of it. And if you don't, that I think that perception starts to seal in concrete. And I think that's what Dwayne Bacon sort of realizes about his time in Charlotte is like, oh, I get it. There's nothing I can really do in Greensboro at this point to make you believe that I'm not going to start again like I did at the beginning of the season. So I just need to move on. And and like David said, I mean, sometimes that's the best best thing. And what do they do when they go to Greensboro? It's score, right? Like he's a bucket getter. That's what he was in Florida State. That's what he was coming out of uh, college. But didn't we think that for him to make his impact and to get uh, some traction here, he had to prove it on the defensive end of me. I mean, that was what was so intriguing about him was a possibility of being a two-way player. And it, not like he hasn't had his moments on defense, but you're not going to change anybody's opinion by going down to Greensboro and scoring 40 points. I mean, that's what you should do when you go down there, especially if you have the ability to score. Uh, I think it would have been interesting if he would have not to say that he didn't, but if he could have made an impact and been like the lockdown wing defender that sometimes they needed, maybe that would have been a little different look for them. But on a team where you've got Devontae Graham going off, you've got Terry Rozier, you've got P.J. Washington, like they just don't need a guy who's going to be that 40-point scorer in Greensboro to come back up 
and fill in for them on that end uh, in Charlotte. So, you know, I think timing wise and just development of other players around him ended up being not the best fit at the end of the day. Well, defensively, he wasn't good, but also David, you're right. He is a bucket getter. That's his main job. And there were analytics. There were measures of statistics with the first 15 or 20 games that he played where some of them had him literally as the worst offensive player in the association. And most of them had him as a bottom five, a bottom five offensive player. And it's not like he's helping you a whole lot defensively, man. When you're going to the basket that frequently and you're not finishing whatsoever and you're not getting to the foul line, like that was so weird. He constantly attacked and he never got fouled and wasn't shooting free throws. Like you just, it, you, you would see the amount of times that he would drive to the basket and then not get rewarded for it for a foul or even hit. Like these are bunnies that you're missing. And some of them are contested for sure. A lot of them are, but you got to hit. And it's why even if you're completely right, he absolutely was given a, a lot of opportunities. He got one on his first damn night in the NBA. Dude started when Nick Batum was out. And look, it's hard to ask for a second round rookie to come in and immediately contribute, but he got a bunch of opportunities. And yet I still feel bad because I think this is a dude that clearly does just love to hoop so much. Like the guy just wants to play. Even in his third season, he wants to go down to the G League and just go play basketball. And I said this a lot last year. The social media team was constantly using him to promote the Hornets for next season because he was there all the time, because he was the guy that was working out at the Spectrum Center all the time. Like that was a guy that put in the work. It's not because of a lack of effort. He just didn't capitalize, uh, capitalize on the opportunity. I mean, the dude clearly put in a ton of effort and it's too bad because I, I really had some hopes for him. James Borrego clearly had high hopes for him, um, especially when you talk about this season. We'll talk to you guys about Built Bar and Blinkist. Also want to talk to everyone about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. And why And uh, why should you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. And you can go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Again, it's all at rockauto.com. The last segment we'll have, it features David's unstung hero. Can't wait to get to it. It's next on the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And which, what, what I have liked to see a few more shards. Shards? No, I would not have. That's <laughs> awesome That's It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's always the one that probably makes me audibly laugh out loud the most. And it features, of course... 
our buddy David Walker, who joins us once again. We'll get to his unstung hero in just a moment. But first, I want to ask the question about Devontae Graham a little bit more. We often make fun of Mitch Kupchak's comments about the team and how every time he comments on him, he's seemingly underwhelmed with the talent on this team at the beginning. We don't of have any all-stars on this team. <laughs> there you go for Mitch Kupchak's first comments at the beginning of the season. And then for Mitch Kupchak in the exit interview, I don't think he's wrong about any of this, but then he says, we need more talent. Like somebody asked him, Hey, what kind of holes do you think this team needs to fill? What's the next step as far as personnel you need to take? He's like, Dude, we need talent. Like, better, I don't care. Better guys. Better players would help. <laughs> you know, I, I would like to have better players on the Charlotte Hornets roster. We need talent because we don't have any all-stars on this team. Now, here's the question. Devontae Graham, I think, was legitimately in that conversation at some point at the midway point last season. At least it was enough mm -hmm. to bring up a conversation. I don't think he was going to get in, but we were having that discussion. Bobby Marks is somebody. NBA pundits out there everywhere. Matt Moore, I think, is somebody that brought it up as well. Eventually, the second half of the season was really, really bad for Devontae. My question to you guys is, should Devontae feel some type of way when he hears Mitch Kupchak say we need more talent on this team and that we don't have any stars on the roster? Well, and let's add P.J. Washington to this discussion as well. Um, because, again, I think the interesting part about this is that Borrego and Kupchak didn't say, well, you know, we have some potential people that could develop into those stars. And maybe they feel that way. I'm just saying they didn't explicitly say that. Instead, they said, you know, we need to go out eventually and acquire more talent. And sort of you can you can read between the lines there and say, well, they don't see that on the current roster. You know, for Graham and, and P.J. Washington as well, I think there's there's still some a lot of ceiling and a lot of unanswered questions because rookies sometimes they take a few years to develop. Sometimes um, it happens all at once. It didn't it didn't happen all at once for P.J. Washington. Like he's not an immediate star. And Devontae Graham, you saw that you saw defenses adjust to him, and then he had to figure that out. And I think when you're talking about players that are just going to be immediate star players, somehow defenses can adjust to them. And, and that's you know that's what happened with Donovan Mitchell. You saw defenses try to game plan against him, and then Donovan still beat them. And so that, to me, is what differentiates sort of the, the guaranteed, oh, that guy is a grade A, 100% going to be a star, and a player that, like a Kimba Walker, that you go, okay, that's a player that can, over many years, develop into an all-star caliber player as opposed to a star player. Yeah, and think about where Devontae came from, too, right? He's used to being counted out, or more or less the afterthought, second-round pick, sat behind Kimba for a year or two, and so had to really fight his way to get there. Again, we went back to it this year. He wasn't supposed to be out there. He wasn't supposed to be running the show the way he was, especially not early on. And Terry Rozier not uh, producing early on led to him being in the spotlight more. So, and, and to Doug's point, you know, to have that pushback in the same season, right? To have so much success, to really be the talk of the league at times in the first quarter of that season, to be in the all-star mix. I mean, it must've been overwhelming in itself, but then to say, okay, whoa, I still do have some things to work on. This league is not, I haven't figured it out just yet, right? This league is always going to, going to humble you and make you go back to the drawing board and figure out what else you can add to your game. So I think for Devontae, he probably already knew that um, and was ready to get back in the gym and also close the season out on a positive note, which, you know, they kind of did. Well, uh, they, they won the last couple of games. 
Right, and I, and I wonder how much of this is sort of sneaky motivation for these players. Like, you've got Michael Jordan on a Zoom call telling them all to get on one another to make each other better. Do then you think got Michael cut. sent them all, like, a DVD version of mm-hmm. Last Dance? Oh, like, Phil sure. Jackson used to give them books. Gold-plated, like, this holographic. One. Watch where I made this guy cry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. laser disc um <laughs> no I, but i but i think it is i mean i i really think it is some sneak motivation for these players i think they do but then at the same token i think there is some honest evaluation about where the franchise has been the last few years and Absolutely. versus where where cupchak and borrego want it to go i think as a fan if you hear those comments from cupchak and borrego you should you should be you know screaming at the roof like yes finally they have some recognition that you need a certain type of player that isn't what's on the roster now and isn't Kimba Walker you need a certain type of player to get you to the third round of the playoffs mm-hmm. if 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 it's just one player if you can't build you know a big three so I, I'm I'm just I think you should be excited when you hear those comments you you should be excited about PJ and Devonte it does not mean that they should feel frustrated at all with those comments right now. They, they should feel frustrated in the way that any player wants to be the best that they possibly can and have that chip on their shoulder that you don't believe in me, I'll show you. That's what it comes with. It doesn't come with what you've produced already. The fact of the matter is, I'm a huge fan of Devontae Graham. I can't wait to see what ha- what's in store for him. The dude had more bad games than good last year. And it, it we kind of forget it because the first half was so impressive. The second half numbers are awful. I mean, they're just god-awful. He was still a good facilitator to a degree, but the second half was really bad for him. And then the last five games were, were good, but majority of the second half was really bad. And PJ Washington was somebody that was had, had like how many rookie walls that he hit last year, like two or three. And so I, I'm happy about both of them. I'm excited, but none of those guys should feel uh, weirded out or frustrated or angry that Mitch Kupchick and James Borrego and the whole organization doesn't feel they have stars or uh, that they need more talent. All right, let's get to it. David, you came to us with a segment that hit you, like you said, like a bowl, uh, bolt of lightning. A bowl of lightning wouldn't be nearly as cool. I think it should be a Ooh. bolt of lightning. So uh, who is your unstung hero from everything that you saw uh, last season to maybe what you heard uh, from the exit interviews that you wanted to point out? Yeah, and I did think of this uh, mostly based on the pun. I just thought unstung heroes really fit. Um, That's why we love you. Yeah, it was so really good. just something to that was the that was the seed, and then we just had to figure out how to build things around that. So, yeah, I mean, for me, guys, the unstung hero is obviously somebody who went under the radar a little bit, didn't quite get the shine they maybe should have, either on or off the court, but definitely contributed to the success of this team last year. And the first guy that came to mind for me. Fitting, maybe I should have told you guys before the show, is Terry Rozier. <laughs> All right, thanks. We already did that segment. Yeah. We'll <laughs> so just uh, skip back about 15 minutes. No, oh, but I mean, honestly, I think if you think about what happened about a year ago when all this was going down. I mean, you flip the calendar back a year ago, guys. It was the Kawhi Leonard stuff. It was what's going to happen with Kemba. Like, there's so much going on, free agency uh, here and just league-wide. But when the prize for Charlotte was getting Terry Rozier – People were, they weren't just skeptical. They were laughing. They were laughing at the contract. They were laughing at the prospect of Terry Rozier coming in and doing things that he had done on a very, you know, not small scale, but on a very brief time in Boston. He had performed well in those playoffs. And people, I don't think, thought that he would be able to do that. And one of our favorite things to do when we're comparing players and trying to forecast what players might do if they get the chance 
is look at their per 36 numbers, right? Um, and this was a fantastic exercise for me looking at Terry Rozier because when you look at his per 36 prior to this year, the, the season he ended up having eclipsed all of those. I mean, he went for, um, what did he do? What did I say? 18 and four. And his percentages went up across the board. His playing time obviously went up across the board. His efficiency went up across the board. So he delivered, uh, to me, across the board for this team in a way that I don't think anyone really, probably outside Terry Rozier, thought he might be able to do. And so uh, for me, Terry Rozier was a guy that also could have shattered that locker room. I mean, we talked about the struggles he had early on. And then you have the guy behind you, Devontae Graham, come in and just take so much of the spotlight that could have been detrimental to a team that let's face it was on the verge of struggling or collapsing on any given week. And for him to be able to, you know, keep working, keep keeping that team together, being part of the solution and not part of the problem, especially, you know, off the court, getting back to what he did best. I think it was a great job by Terry and really honestly, a huge surprise for everyone involved that he was able to really have a year that was just a tick below what Kimba Walker did in his fifth year at 25 years old. Now, that's when Kimba made the first jump he did in his career, went up to a 20-point-per-game score. And again, Terry was just below that. But I think if you were asking anyone going back a year from now, if you're going to get you know just a shade under Kimba in Terry Rozier, uh, that you would have taken that. So for that reason, you know, I, I thought he did a fantastic job last year. You heard a lot of it in those ex- exit interviews. And I just thought that he was a valuable member of the team. Could have gone very, very wrong on several occasions, uh, and it didn't. And it turned out, uh, you know, to be overall positive for everyone. Yeah, and he gave us one of the best quotes uh, of the season when he said, "I don't care about no blogs," which is great, and and lets me know that he does care <laughs> about podcasts. And I think he listens to this show <laughs> religiously. Uh, in his exit interview, he said. Um, referring to Michael Jordan, he's not a social media guy, which is what I love about Michael Jordan. <laughs> yeah, of course. Like he's a guy that doesn't, I mean, seriously, I like Terry doesn't care what that. you think. Um, but, but when he says, as he did in this exit interview, that he wants to get this team to the playoffs, doesn't care how they play when they get there. He wants to get this team to the playoffs. I believe him. Uh, and I, I believe he's going to do what it takes to get, to get them there. Um, real quickly before we end to continue to shower Terry Rozier in praise, like we've done for two segments real quickly. I, I did an interview with locked on Celtics one time and they were asking how we felt, how I felt about the Terry Rozier signing. And I didn't hate it as every uh, as much as everybody else did, but I clearly wasn't thrilled. I would have avoided giving him that contract. And then he talked about the mood of Terry Rozier and how he can have mood swings and how he can be somebody that isn't going to be uh, have the best positive attitude of all time. And um, I told him that we hadn't experienced that to that point. He said he was pretty confident that's going to change. I think it was John Corrales, the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. And sure, I'm sure he was given a lot of evidence to give me that point, but it never did change. It never, in fact, probably got better as the season went on. And so whether Terry grew up, I don't, I don't know what happened, but Terry, man, like was a delightful surprise with his behavior, with his attitude, with his play. I, I'm, I, thought it was overall a success for him. Yeah, no, it did get better, but it did change. And so I think if we're sort of looking at the other side of the coin on this is that if the Hornets do eventually make roster, if they decide to make roster changes that affect Terry again for a second straight season after bringing him in, one does wonder 
Yeah. If it can change for the better, if it can also change for the worse. Yeah. All right. That wraps up this edition of Lockdown Hornets. Thanks again to Built Bar for supporting the show. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Lockdown NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, and all the other podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks again to David Walker for joining us. We'll see you on Monday. Champing. Champing. 